Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. You know, I'm not sure uh, how many of you are like me, uh, but uh, uh, I, I, God speaks to me not just through His Word. God speaks to me not just, you know, through people. Uh, but I uh, also hear from God sometimes uh, when I see certain things. And when I see certain things, uh, just physical things, not, not spiritual things, I'm not talking about that, uh, but just physical things, it just prompts me. Uh, and, uh, you know, recently I was blessed, uh, or my wife uh, you know, blessed me with a short holiday uh, to Rome, and it was my first time in Italy. How many of you have been to Italy before? Wow, wow, blessed, blessed. Uh, and uh, it was my first time in Rome, and uh, we did all the touristy stuff. We went to all the touristy places like the Colosseum and, and, and ate all the local food. And uh, one of the places that, that we have had the privilege to go check out was the Vatican Museum. Uh, and uh, I saw, you know, uh, this word, some of you might have heard it before, the Sistine Chapel. Wow, even if you never heard it before, just not so they look intellectual. Yes, yes, I've heard of that before. Basically, the Sistine Chapel is this, you know, great piece of art. It's basically the ceiling, the ceiling of this chapel in the Vatican uh, that was painted by Michelangelo. Uh, and it is such an incredible uh, a piece of beauty. Uh, and as I was looking at the different things and going on tour, and we, we, we bought ourselves a little audio set so to explain what the different things were, you know, I just felt, right, just walking there, as I saw different paintings, as I saw different sculptures, different artwork, but especially uh, works of Michelangelo, I just feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I just, wow, that's, that's a sermon point right there. That's a sermon illustration right there. And, uh, but one thing that I want to share today is that one of the things, and, and and this is possibly something that I've only gone to appreciate or only really come to appreciate uh, as i uh, grown older. I, I was joking with my wife that if we had visited uh, Italy or the Vatican Museum when we were young, uh, we'd probably just go like, oh, so what? It's just silly. Okay, next room. Uh, but now that I'm a little bit older, not that old, but just a little bit older, old enough to appreciate art or pretend like I do, uh, definitely one thing that spoke to me about all the artwork is the word longevity. Longevity. You see, when we were young, we were just excited to, to make it. You know, we just want to make it. You want to make it in school. You want to make it with... Uh, in, uh, not make it with... Oh, uh, you want to... Uh, you want to... You know, you want to make it. You want to get that job. You want to hit your first million, you know. How many of you here have had that dream or, or had that wish? I want to make my first million before I hit 30. Or you've heard people say that before. <laughs> hey, hey, it's okay. It's okay to lift those hands. No, we believe. Amen. By faith. I know some of you don't have your hands lifted up because you already hit your million. So praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Just remember to tithe, okay? Remember the tithe? So Pastor Cat will be expecting a lot of zeros in the coming, uh, uh, you know, uh, zeros, you know. <laughs> anyway, so longevity. When we're young, we, we are just fixated with just, you know, being the first, the first to get there, the first to hit the finish line. Uh, but when we grow older, we begin to appreciate uh, no, not just being uh, the first one there or achieving it, uh, but keeping it keeping it. You know what I'm saying? So as you grow older, it's not just about getting a job, it's keeping the job. Yeah. You know, when you grow older, it's not just about getting married, it's keeping your marriage. Yeah. When, when, you, when you have a family after a while, it's not just about, yeah, yeah, I got a kid. It's about, you know, keeping your family together. 
and I begin to appreciate because the works of Michelangelo hundreds of years old. And I can go into detail, but I won't. Uh, but there's so much genius behind it. But one of the, the, the best genius that I felt uh, coming from him was how long-lived his, his works of art were. They were not just a flash in a pan. They were not just a doodle on the wall. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was painted you know, in one stroke, but, but preserved. And so this morning, I feel that the Holy Spirit wants to help us to have longevity. He wants us to have longevity in our faith. Every year as we graduate people off, every summer we graduate people off, you know, and uh, I, I, I joke with uh, Pastor Kat, I say if we combine uh, uh, the amount of people uh, that we have graduated over the years, it's, it, we easily will have graduated at least 100 people, at least 100 people by now. Uh, and, all, and the thing is this, you know, some of them, we get to catch up with them when they come back uh, for trips uh, to London. Uh, we get to catch up with them and, and hear how they're doing. Uh, and some, you know, we hope to catch up one day when we head back to Malaysia. Uh, but our hope is this, that the, the, the revival fire, that they experienced, the revival fire that God blessed them with uh, while they were with us in church would stay with them. And, and that their faith would be long-lived. That they won't just have a London faith. You know, some of you who came back from your summer break, whether you realize or not, but every time we, as we continue to meet as the church for prayer meeting uh, over the summer, we never stop praying for you. Because we know that summer, while it's a good break, that break can also break our faith. You know, because sometimes, you know, we're so comfortable that we stop growing. We're so comfortable uh, that we forget God. And so we never stop praying. And st because our desire is for you to have a long-lived faith, for your faith to go on and on and on. Not just for you to be revived when you're 17, but for you to continue to be revived when you're 17. And so, you know, today, I want to give us a certain points drawn from the Word of God, from the Bible, specifically from uh, Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 to 9. And that will be our main text today. And if you're taking down notes, you know, uh, our title for today's message is called Good Motivation. Because it's easy to start, but I want us to be able to keep going. Whether it's faith or whether it's in life, it's important to have the right motivation. And no better motivation, you know, than God's motivation. And so, over here, we're going to learn in a while, God did something incredible for the people of Israel. But it wasn't just a miracle. The miracle birthed something that was to be their motivation going forward. Because God didn't just want them to have one miraculous experience of Him. He wanted their journey to continue and He wanted there to be miracles after miracles after miracles. Testimony after testimony after testimony. And that is my hope for you. That as we come back here and for those of us who have been faithful over the summer, you know, we need some motivation to finish off the year. For some of us who had a good break over summer, you need some good motivation to get the engine restarted again. Whether it's for your studies or for your work for, or even for your faith. And so today, we're going to learn from Joshua and specifically God's uh, command to him. And we want to make that command our command. Is that okay? So Joshua chapter 4, verse 1 to 9. If you have your Bibles and you're there, can I hear a good amen? Come on church, preach back to me. 
And uh, otherwise, we can read from the screen together. Amen? Uh, so let's go. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. In other words, in the middle of the river Jordan, not just Jordan as a country. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder. So we know that these are big stones because they needed to be carried over the shoulder. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, but he crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded, took out 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord has spoken to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So, a bit of background. God delivers His people out of Egypt, delivers His people out of the wilderness. They are about to step into the promised land one last hurdle. This giant river called River Jordan. And God, you know, commanded Joshua, go forth from my presence. The Ark of Covenant represents God's presence. So God's presence went ahead. The moment the priest's feet hit the water, the, 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 the River Jordan split in two. You know, and the people cross over in dry land. And as people cross over, and as everybody was about to go over, and it was only left the priest standing in the middle of the river so that the, the, the both sides of the river continued to be split up supernaturally by both walls, by in two sides. You know, God commanded Joseph, now quickly, ask 12 men, go in while the priests are still standing, while the ground is still dry, grab 12 stones, carry them, and set them up, and let this be a memorial forevermore. And so, you know, God did that and, uh, in, and um, the scripture that we just read ended. And so today, I want us to study the power uh, of the 12 stones. I know this sounds a bit new age, but because now you know the context, so you're not just going around, you know, people ask you, what do you learn in church today? I learned the power of the 12 stones, okay? This is, this is not infinity stones or, or anything like that, okay? These 12 stones. Uh, anyway, so... 12 stones. What did the 12 stones represent? What did God want His people to know about the 12 stones? Is it just for a souvenir? It's not. God didn't ask them to go, go, go in. Go into the mirror and, and, and collect pebbles. Because I know some of us, we do that. We go to the beach, we, 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 we collect some sand, we go to a waterfall, we collect some pebbles. And, and yeah, I'm, no doubt these stones were smooth in nature because they were right in the middle of the River Jordan where the river current was the strongest. So these were probably smooth stones, but they were huge enough to carry on the shoulder. So God didn't want the people to just come out and build a new stone inch and go like, okay, arrange 12 stones so that this will freak the generations to come. So the people will wonder, did the aliens build that? You know, what, 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 what civilization was here? No, no. Those 12 stones acted not just as a memorial, but as a motivation for God's people. 
And there are three lessons, the 12 stones, uh, were to teach and were to remind the people of Israel. And I'm going to give you these three uh, lessons, and uh, these will be our three points today. I'm going to give you them in advance, and then we're going to elaborate a little bit more. Amen? Is that okay? So the three lessons, or the three reminders to the people of Israel, the 12 stones were to help them to remember who it was who got them there, how did they get there? And why did they get there? So the three powerful reminders, the who, the how, the why. And as I was studying this, I realized that this is something not just for the people of Israel, but this applies to us today. Because as they were entering the promised land, and this is the promised land. This is the land flowing with milk and honey. This is where God wanted His people to be. They were not at the wrong address. They were at a good address, a good postcode. You know, they were at where God wants them to be. And yet, God still needed them to remember that just because you're at the promised land doesn't mean that there are no troubles. Just because you're at the promised land doesn't mean that there are no battles to be fought. In fact, especially when you are at the promised land, that there will come a lot of opposition because the enemy wants to rob God's promise from your life. You know, so in life, the same. You know, some of you might be thinking, you know, oh, if, if, am I really where God wants me to be? Is this job where God wants me to be? You know, because it feels like, you know, there are times where I feel like giving up. I feel like there are giants all around me. I feel like, you know, there's trouble all around me. What you need is not more intervention. What you need is motivation. Because many times what we don't understand is God gives the gift, but it is up to us to administrate the gift. God gave them the land, but it was up to them to administrate the land, to plan the city, to work it out. If you look back at every gift that God has given you, some of you here are so gifted in, in the area of music, and it was God who gave you that gift, but it's up to you to administrate that. So the more you practice, the stronger the gift becomes. Some of you here, God has gifted you, you know, with, with the, the, such a, a talent to bake and to cook. And you can, you know, use that for your own, you know, to fill your own tummy. Or you can allow God to teach you how to administrate that. And then you now have a skill that doesn't just feed you, but it can feed so many more people. Amen? Some of you here, you know, God has given you different giftings. You know, maybe it's got nothing to do with church, but maybe some of you, God has given you an anointing to make money. Wow, how many want that anointing? Oh, oh, wow. Amen? And then we all want that anointing, we're just too shy to say, no, it's okay, you know, this is church, let's be honest. And, but that gift can come from God. I believe that God does give people. You know, some people are just so blessed with business acumen. Some people are just so blessed, they just know how to, you know, they have the gift of entrepreneurship. They can just start something. That's a gift. But it's up to them to administrate. And that's why some people, you can see, they are good at making money, but after a while, money becomes their God. And then you can see some people are good at making money, but then God is still their God. And while money grows, they can never get corrupted. And so it's up to us to administrate it. So to administrate it properly, we need to have the right motivation. And the motivation number one is this, we must never forget, just like how God didn't want the people of Israel, don't forget who it was who brought you here. Because it says that future generations will look at the 12 stones. Dad, what's that about? Granddad, what's that about? What's with the 12 smooth stones? No, the, 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 the aliens, the, 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 the people? No, 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 it's God. 
The 12 smooth stones came from the middle of the River Jordan. The middle of the River Jordan. How did you get there? It got there because we walked there. You walked there, Granddad. You're crazy. It's a river. How do you walk there? You mean you swam there? You dived down? No, we walked there. You walked there? Yeah. Because if I dive down, I can't dive up with a huge stone on my shoulder. And then the grandkid go, oh, yeah. So you mean you walked there? How do you walk there? Because God split the rivers. You see, many times when we go through life, we celebrate, thank you God for this provision. But after a while, we lose our motivation when we forget who it was who placed us there. We forget the person. The person. And the person is not you. This is where we put unnecessary stress upon ourselves. Have you been there before? Where you are, you know, maybe working the job that you're supposed to work, studying the course you're supposed to study. And after a while, you, you, you tell yourself, man, no, I've got to work harder. I've got to study harder. I've got to do this. Otherwise, it can't be done. And I see people so many times, you know, it's God who opened the door. But then after a while, after the first paycheck, after the second paycheck, after the first bonus, they forget. And they start thinking, it's I, it's me. It's I, it's me. I was the one who closed the deal. I was the one who, who, who wrote the CV. It was me, it was me, it was me. Not only does this not give God glory and credit, but it puts unnecessary burden on yourself. Because the truth is this, we are not capable enough. Many times I wake up and I, this is my prayer to God. God, I'm not smart enough. God, I'm so weak. God, I'm not strong enough to lead church and to do all this. I hope this doesn't turn you off and go like, what kind of lousy pastor I have, you know? And I find myself, as I'm crying out to God, God, I'm not smart enough. God, I'm not intelligent enough. God, I'm not good enough for preaching enough. And then every time, I feel God says that, yeah, that's right. How many of you have had that? I know some of you, right? God only speaks good things over you. Oh, you're my beautiful child. I'm not sure. Maybe God's very Asian dad with me. Yeah, you're not smart enough. So you need me. Yeah, you're not anointed enough. That's why you need me. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not clever enough. You're not strategic enough. That's why you need me. And I find that that not only motivates me, but that takes the stress off of me. Because if it is no longer me who is the problem... There's no problem. And I find that in my lowest of moments, when I feel like giving up, I realize, wait a second, it's not me. It's not me. It's not, I'm not the one who landed myself. It's God. It's God. It's God. Because when in the promised land, the people had giants to fight. And I can imagine that when faced with a giant, people are going to go like, I'm, I'm, I'm too small. But what God wanted them to know is, yes, that's right, you are too small. But then my God is too big for the giant. And so we need that motivation. So the next time, you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're studying or whether it's, it's you know, uh, even things like, and I know a lot of us are single, but let me give you marriage advice, okay? You know, what's a tip for a healthy marriage? To remember that it's not you. Every day I wake up, I, 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 I tell my wife this all the time. I say that, do you know that? And she knows this. She jokes about it. Uh, and, and, but I say, no, no, it's true, you know. Because uh, sometimes I'll ask her, what would you, our lives be if we didn't know Jesus? You know, sometimes just wondering, you know, how, where will we be? Sometimes I'm just wondering, oh, where? And she go like, well, uh, before she goes into, maybe I'll be in this line or maybe I'll still be practicing in Malaysia. The first thing, every time, the first thing she says Oh, if I don't have Jesus in my life, I, I know for sure I won't be married to you. <laughs> and I'm like, 
And that's fine. And I go, and, and you know what? I go like, amen. Amen. I say that every day I give God thanks. It's, it's, it's God who, who blinded my wife. You know? It's God who, you know, gave her a moment of weakness. You know, it was, it was God who, you know, uh, uh, made her look appalling to the other people. But, you know, uh, so that other people are blinded as well. Not just she's blinded to my weaknesses, but other people are blinded to her beauty. So they never went to try to, you know, otherwise, if not for God. And I suddenly realized, yeah, that's right. If not for God, I, I won't have a marriage. If not for God, I won't have church. If not for God, I won't be standing here. If not for God, I won't have my visa. If not for God. And I suddenly realized that it's not those things that make me, it is God. And so the next time, amen, the next time you feel like you're not good enough, agree with that voice. Yep, that's right. I'm not good enough. But God is more than good. God is more than enough for me. Amen? Reminder number two, how did they get there? Every time the people look at the 12 stones, they realize that, man, we came here through the Jordan. But we didn't come here building boats. We didn't come here through a ship. We didn't fly here. We didn't build a bridge here. We walked through dry land. We walked through dry land enough and it's with enough time for us to pick up souvenirs, gigantic souvenirs to lay down here. So forever when we look at that, we remember how we got here. And the answer to the how is that it is nothing short of supernatural grace. And that is so important because we need to remind ourselves how we got here. How we got here. Many times the, we ask ourselves that question when we are in a mess. How did I get here? You know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. You know, my Airbnb got cancelled and, and, and I lost my passport. How did I get here? But God wants us to remember it's by His supernatural grace. Look back again. You know, how did you get that visa? Supernatural grace. How did you get that job offer? Supernatural grace. How did you get that provision? Supernatural grace. How did you get that housemate? Supernatural grace. How did you lose that housemate? Supernatural grace. Amen? You know, how, how do you pass? Oh, I know, right? We all like to say, it's me. It's me. I put in the hours. Yeah, if we're really honest, maybe your hours wasn't enough. And it's nothing short of supernatural grace. How do you get that scholarship? Supernatural grace. For all the students here, you are on scholarship whether you realize it or not. The scholarship either came from the government or came from your parents. But either way, you have a scholarship. And either way, it's supernatural grace. It's grace that allows you to qualify for that top 50 scholarship. And it is also supernatural grace that provided for your parents to give you that unlimited scholarship. That every time you need a top up, you call back home and go like, uh, Fama, father, mother, please, uh, can you top up? You know, and, and, and unlike the government bonds, you, they don't expect you to pay. Uh, they just expect you to pay with your life. Uh, and anyway, it's, just, <laughs> it's just forever and ever. You're bonded for until death do you part. Um, it's supernatural grace. Amen? And we've got to remind ourselves this. So the next time you're in a problem, 
don't just fret about how do I get here, how do I get out of it? You see, the, the, the question of how is really to answer about the plan. Many times we're in a problem and then we're in need of a plan. And God reminds us that when it comes to Him, it's always supernatural. It's always by His grace. So no matter what you're in, it's going to be supernatural grace that will bring you through. Are you applying for a job? It's going to be supernatural grace. Don't turn to yourself. Don't throw a pity party. Turn to God and remind yourself. There's so much power when you remember. And, and not just remember, but this helps to motivate you. This helps to keep you going. Amen? The next time you don't feel like uh, going to work on a Monday, maybe this is you tomorrow morning. You'll be like, oh, I don't want to. Remember, it's supernatural grace. It's supernatural grace that allowed you to wake up every morning. So just, God, I need more of your grace. I need more of your supernatural touch. Amen? And we need to do that and never forget. Point number three is this. Amen? Why? Why are you here? And this leads us to purpose. Who brings us to the person? How brings us to the plan? God's plans for us, not only His promises are yes and amen, His plans are also yes and amen. It takes Him, His supernatural touch, His supernatural provision. And again, I'm not saying that therefore you don't have to do anything. Oh yeah, pastor say, supernatural grace. So I don't have to study, the exams will pass by itself, but otherwise it won't be supernatural. No, I established very early on, God can bless you, but you need to administrate it. Amen? Uh, point number three, the purpose. Why? Why? The answer is found in Joshua 4 verse 6. And for homework, you can go back and read verse 21. Because both pose the same question. Verse 6, let's flash it up again. In short, it is about the children. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Let's keep this verse flashed up a little bit of background. When the people cross over, they were all around your age. True. If you read on in the previous chapters and the chapters after that, specifically the chapter after that, because it talks about circumcision and all that, but it's talking about the men and how the men, they, all the older generation died in the desert. And the young people grew up because God wanted to raise a new generation that was not cynical, a new generation that was not wicked in their heart, a new generation. But this new generation uh, uh, entered in and he said that, there, said that, that all of them were about military age. It means that the age that people are usually sent to volunteer for national service in the army. So 18 to 25. So, so Joshua was not just leading a bunch of old people. These were young people. And so in other words, this statement was not so much a command, tell your children because most of them don't have children. That's why it says that your children will ask in times to come. One thing you must understand about God is this. Not only are His ways higher than our ways, His ways like a cloud. Like a cloud is not only higher, so much more higher than us, a cloud is also so much more further. Does it make sense? The next time you don't believe me, look up at the cloud and go like, wow, the cloud is high above, but it also stretches you know, further than me. So God's ways are not only higher, His ways are also further. When God looks at you, He doesn't just look at you, He looks at your future. And so for every 
everything, and this is such a powerful motivation, for everything that you're going through right now, that battle, that victory, that testimony, that breakthrough is not just for you, it is for generations to come. It is for one day when your children will ask you and you will have something to tell them. How sad would it be if one day you have children? Just like the people of Israel, they don't have children. So God says, one day. And one day you have children and they're about to go to university. And they ask you, Mommy, Daddy, what advice can you give me about university? How do I find the right church? And can you imagine you say that, I can't tell you that because I didn't go to church. Ooh. I can't tell you that because uh, Daddy, Mommy, uh, in the three to four years there, we church hop every Sunday. Mommy and Daddy, give me advice. How, how do I balance serving God and also my studies? Well, Mom and Dad have no advice for you because all Mom and Dad did was just study. We didn't serve. You see, it's not easy. To, to serve God, to volunteer, to bake, to, to be involved in the worship team, to set up, takes a toll, takes a price. But we need the right motivation. It's not easy to balance work and serving God. It's not easy for some of our home leaders here who both work high-powered jobs in Canary Wharf. I won't name names, but you know who. <laughs> and still come back and open up their house. And some people don't even leave the house because they're students. They have no class tomorrow. And they're still hanging you know, around the house, you know, no chit-chatting, eating chips at their beanbag at 12 a.m. And they have a job tomorrow and they're still there going like, hey, it's okay. It's okay and they mean it. Why? Because there's a, why am I doing this? It's for the generations to come. It's for the next generation so that they learn hospitality. Every victory. See, sometimes we stop fighting the good fight, because we forget what it's about. It's not just about you winning. It's about your future generation, your children. And future generation doesn't even have to be your children. It just means that those that today, right now, are lost, but in a few weeks' time will be found. In a few months' time will be found. It's for their benefit that we fight and we win the battles that we ought to win. Does that make sense, church? So the next time you feel so beaten down, you feel, ah, maybe I should just give up. Maybe I should just give in to peer pressure. Don't. And that victory that you win is not just for you, it's so that you have a story to tell. It's about your legacy. See, God is not just about the present, He's about the future. We are about the present because that's all that we can see. But God sees the future. He's telling us, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you enough motivation, not just for you, but even for the future generation. So that no matter how, how tough it is, it's tough to tithe. The next time, how do you overcome that? Oh, oh 10%, oh. So that I can tell my children, the only reason, mommy and I, I will love, I don't know whether one day I'll have kids, but if I do, I will love to tell them this. I can't wait to tell them this. The only reason mommy and daddy can send you to university with no 
with, with full pharma scholarship is because mom and dad, we tithe. Oh, wow, think about that. Wow. How about on the other side? Wouldn't you love it one day when your child comes up to you your child grows up to be such a man or woman after God's own heart and then turns to you and go like, Dad, I learned to pray from you. Oof. You see, many times we, we look at the present, the present doesn't look good, but God is saying that, I want you to look further. I want you to look further. I want you to think about the type of stories. Think about the type of stories you want to tell your children and then fight accordingly. That, that, was, that was how God wanted to motivate them. Because there's going to be giants, there's going to be kingdoms to fight, and I want you to think of your children, children that you don't have yet, and tell them. Tell them how mom and dad we tithe. Tell them how you, you sacrifice. Tell them how you pray. Tell them how you believe for, for, for you know, miracles. And then they can have that testimony. Go, wow. Wow, I, I, if, mom, if mom and dad had it, so do I. Amen? Oh man, I would love that. I think sometimes we've got to think a bit further. Maybe that's a word for some people here today. What you're in right now, you feel like, oh, you know, everyone's, I'm just might as well jump in, you know, no. No, think further. What kind of legacy do you want to tell your children? What kind of stories do you want to tell your children? Amen? Mommy, Daddy, how, how do you guys meet? Oh, son, I saw your mom in church. And I prayed for her. I prayed for her. Not for her, but I prayed to God, what if I can have? And I prayed and I... <laughs> three months and three months went to six months. And, I, and not just that, I fasted and prayed for your mom. <laughs> wow. And then your child will go like, wow. And then one day when he grows up to become the perfect gentleman, people ask, how do you learn to be such a perfect gentleman, a respecter of women? I learned from my dad. Wow, how, how do you become such a, a, a powerful worship leader? I learned it from my mom. How did you be such a generous giver? I learned it from my... You know what I'm saying? So whatever you're going through right now, remind yourself, I got to win this fight. Because sometimes temptation will come so strong for us to give it and we go like, I got to win this fight. I, I can tell you, okay, as a pastor... I'm, I'm, I'm only human, okay? And like Pastor Kerry shared before, you know, confession is good for the soul, not good for reputation, so here goes. There, there are days where I'm, I'm, I, I, do, I do, I'm human, I do feel tempted. I, I do feel tempted. But every time, you know how I, 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 I motivate myself to overcome these temptations and these thoughts and these lies that are not from God? I think of the future generation. I think of you guys. Because to me, you guys are the future generation. You see, the future generation is not just about your children. It's about in the coming weeks, we're going to have freshest fair, freshest intake. It's about the students that will go and come in. And the, the, the third-year students, the battles you fight will, will, will become inspiration and motivation for the new first-year students. Mark my words. Your faith will become the motivation for their faith. Young adults, your faith will become the motivation for those that are just graduating. And that's why, when I think of all that, I'm like, how I 
guard my marriage. I got to guard it well. I got to grow it strong because I want to be a good testimony to the church that a majority not married. How we handle our finances, how we handle our daily troubles, you know, I, 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 that's how I motivate. I got to, man, I'm tempted to just give up or give in, but you know what? I, I can't. I can't. Because somewhere out there is a church member struggling alone and, and I got to win this fight so that that person knows that that battle can be won. These are the motivations we need, church. Because God, at the same time, didn't want it to be just a memorial or a monument. I pray that we won't see church as just a monument. I hope that we won't see God as just a monument. But let Him be the source of all our motivation. You know what's the most beautiful thing about this? I know, you might be coming to church and thinking that, you know, I'm not sure about this church, you know, sounds like a motivational talk. In fact, the title is called Motivation. It's actually the reverse of that. The world's motivational talk is this, you can do it. God's motivation is, we can't do it. <laughs> Only He can. So stick to Him. Stick to Him. The world's motivation is, think of you. God's motivation is to think of others. Amen? The world's motivation is this, you know, what's the plan? You got a network. You got to print your name cards and give it out. You got to have a good CV. You got to know how to, you know, be charismatic and, 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 and you know, win people over. You got to, you know, use money to make money. God's plan is it's by His supernatural grace that we stand. But it's for us to administrate that grace. God, I thank you. Everything is an opportunity, so I'm going to use it for the maximum capacity. Amen? I pray that this will encourage you. I pray that this will help you in your lowest moments. And this is so important because as I would love to be your biggest cheerleader, but I doubt you want me there at your lowest moments. Right? At your lowest moments, you don't want, ding, do. what's pastor doing here? <laughs> the Holy Spirit told me I'm here to cheer you on. Leave me alone! <laughs> That's why, and, and, and there's also no power in that. If I'm there to be the cheerleader to help you overcome, then there's no power in that because the power comes when you overcome it with God. So I pray that no matter whether you're studying or working, single or married, no matter what, how good or how bad things are, this is the remedy. You're not there by mistake. It is God who put you there. You're not placed there to die because God's supernatural grace doesn't lead to death. It leads to resurrection. And you're not there for yourself. You're there for the future generations. So that through that breakthrough, uh, that testimony can become inspiration for the younger Christians, for your peers. I started this message by talking about how God speaks to me and I, I believe and I hope I'm not the only person. I'm sure God speaks to you when you see things, right? Physical things, all right? Spiritual things, we'll talk later. Physical things. You know, when you see, I'm, I'm sure when you see people serve, when, when you see the hospitality corner and the excellence, that prompts you, doesn't it? To go like, wow, 
if they give God their best in that way, I need to give God my best. You know, I'm sure sometimes when you come and you see the usher standing outside and, you know, especially one, you know, in the future when autumn comes, rainy days, and you still see the usher standing outside in the rain. Maybe the usher is the one that runs to you with an umbrella so that you don't have to come in the rain. I'm sure that action prompts you and speaks to you and inspires you. That's what God wants us to be like. You see, that 12 stones wasn't just meant to be there and for people to look at because eventually they're going to move further and further away from where the 12 stones are at. But, but after a while, the 12 stones become part of their life, part of their daily motivation that when they see each other, they're reminded it's God, it is by His grace, and, it's, and we serve not just us but others and the future. The harvest, the big harvest that God promises those that are today, right now, as we speak right now, still lost. But we hope in days, in weeks, in months to come, they will be found. And that when they see our lives, they see how we overcome, that prompts them, that inspires them, that gives them motivation to keep going. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word is about living. It's a living word. It's about living for you. And so today, we pray, Lord, just like how you gave instructions to the people of Israel to motivate them, to keep them going. Because chapter after chapter in the whole book of Joshua after that is battles after battles. It's, 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 it's Jericho and, and, and nations rising against them. And so God, you, when you brought them through the Jordan, it wasn't just a, a, a memorial so that they never forget. It was a motivation so that they never forget. So that at their next problem, they remember that it is God who brought them this far, not themselves. And so God, if God is the one who brought them there, He's going to be the one that solves the problem by His supernatural grace. Learn to speak that over your situation. The next time you've, you hit a dead end in your studies, remind yourself, it's not me who brought, who, 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 it's not me. It's not me. <laughs> it's, it's God's idea. The next time you feel like giving up, tell yourself, this is not me. This is God's idea. It was God's idea who put me in my university. So if God put me here, He didn't put me to die. Because the way He moves is supernatural. The way He moves is by His grace. The way He moves leads to life and life to the full. The way He moves leads to resurrection life. Everything about God is about turning it around for the better. So if He brought me here, this will be turned over for the better. And I got to keep going. I got to keep grinding. I got to keep being faithful. Because this testimony is going to be worth it. This testimony is going to be beautiful. This testimony is going to be so long-lived that I'm able to tell my children and my children's children about it. I'm able to tell my future cell group members about it. I'm able to tell our future church members about it. And this testimony will motivate them to have their testimony and their testimony will motivate others to have their testimony and then testimony after testimony after testimony and then we reach the end when the Word of God says that it is by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of their testimony that they defeat the enemy. So God, help us, Lord, to be motivated by You, by Your Word, by Your goodness, by Your faithfulness, and for Your plans for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.